listening to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. Put money on something, and uh, you are live. Hello, everyone. Dr. Rob Kiltz here. Uh, really excited to bring on Austin Cavelli, quality carnivore, for a discussion on diet and inflammation and lifestyle. And uh, I talk a lot about fertile life, and I know she's living a fertile life and being very creative. And uh, Austin, welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're coming from. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Kiltz. It's always a pleasure. Um, so I am from the same town as you uh, in Syracuse, New York. Um, I am now currently out here in San Diego, but uh, I've been trained physician assistant. I was in the medical field for um, uh, for five years, working predominantly in uh, anti-inflammatory uh, uh, in the anti-inflammatory field of orthopedics particularly with a lot of rheumatologic patients, orthopedic patients um, with uh, arthritis. And so very inflammatory conditions. Um, however, you know, uh, the focus wasn't, wasn't ever really on lifestyle. Uh, it was kind of my own journey that I focused on uh, the root cause of disease and just more so for prevention, if anything, uh, and wanting to be healthy as um, someone in the, in the healthcare field. And I really saw that uh, the impact that lifestyle has um, on preventing disease and maintaining our health and, and of course, how I felt each and every day. And so, um, you know, I, I focused on the diet in the sense of kind of my brother moved out to Portland and paleo at that time was all the talk. So I got into that with him and then kind of transitioned to keto and then more carnivore. And uh, I must say, I never felt better in my entire life. So it, it was a, the, the, a typical journey, as many people say, well, I was keto before and then I went carnivore. But um, yeah, I, removing plant sources was very important for me, particularly um, for digestion and also for mood. I come from a history of um, obsessive compulsive disorder as a kid. And so a lot of anxiety um, just not only, um, with, with the OCD, but also just generalized anxiety growing up, put a lot of pressure on myself and was kind of the perfectionist type A, uh, mm -hmm. personality. And then, um, yeah, digestive issues I had had for several years, starting out with being lactose intolerant and then realizing, you know, some of these, these plants, even whether it was broccoli or Brussels sprouts, um, they all were were really not helping me despite doctors saying oh add more fiber add more fiber so um that was kind of the the reasons for my my choices and um i like i said i i never felt better so what i know for myself um it was all accidental and uh initially 20 years ago i started talking a lot about the mindfulness and meditation and yoga and acupuncture and how that helped 
our journey. I wrote a book called The Fertile Secret, took a, off of The Secret for Rhonda Byrne, How to Bring Positivity in Our Lives. And I thought, wow, that's it. And then suddenly some people were getting pregnant doing this thing called paleo. And that's probably about 15 years ago that I started talking about paleo. And I thought it was the very, very best. And, um, and, 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 uh, I personally started doing it myself because I, we as doctors like knew nothing about this stuff because it wasn't taught to us because diet doesn't matter in, in all of this. And, and, uh, I've since transitioned to carnivore over 10 years ago. And before that I was in the keto realm, but it was sort of like someone like yourself, uh, said, well, I'm doing this and all of my diseases went away. And I'm like, no way. Because I suffered from arthritis, psoriasis, kidney stones, migraines, bowel bleeding, ADHD, OCD. Um, I don't know that I was, I was always kind of on the manic side and less on the depressive side. Um, I was uh, always in, in more in that, that part of it. But um, boy, it turned my head around and, and I've now learned so much about it. Um, tell me what, what, what particular, you mentioned digestive issues. Yes, I know that's that, a very general term. <laughs> right, but yes, what do you mean by that? Because I have some particular things, because I started as a little kid, but mm -hmm. what are we talking about digestive issues? Yeah, so for me, um, it was honestly kind of those sharp stabbing pains. I had chronic constipation, um, and it was very much related to the foods that I was eating. Um, in addition to that, you know, I had gone like I said, to, to gastroenterologists and it was, oh, well, chronic constipation, you know, increase the fiber. Uh, here, here's some flax. Um, you have the Metamucil. Um, the other things that were pretty um, uh, significant in me were the reflux. So having that, you know, acid reflux, um, whether it was, didn't matter kind of what time I ate even, it was just this Certain foods, uh, particularly sauce, um, tomatoes, uh, were, were causing acid reflux. And then, of course, doctors were prescribing the omeprazole, the Zantac, Pepsid, all of the, um, you know, uh, acid blockers, proton pump inhibitors. We're good at drugs. Very, very good at drugs. And, and you're right in the sense that um, we are not taught these things in a medical as far as our medical education. Um, and in fact, when we talk about it, even if we were to educate ourselves, there's a very fine line as far as what we can say to patients, um, what we can recommend or prescribe, um, unless it's a medication. Well, it's interesting because I talked about these things and I was actually reprimanded and told I could not. And I've somewhat lost my standing uh, in the fact of that I have access to, but I still talk about it because yeah. ultimately as a physician, my job is to the patient, not to anyone else. And when I've learned the secret of the truth of disease, it's a game changer It really in, is. and all of this. And um, so I, I, I know I had all the GI stuff. I had, or I had bowel bleeding, hemorrhoids. It was horrible. I had colonoscopies every year and it was just, yep. oh, it's just, and they were, always say that, oh, well, a little inflammation here, but nothing to worry about. And I'm, you know, inflammate, like why, why is it inflamed is the real question. Uh, and well, is there something that can be done that can prevent that inflammation? 
Right. And, and I would say so many people don't even want to talk about it because they don't want to talk about their, their stool, their bowel movements, their yeah. stinky, this, their GERD, there's all this stuff. It's very yeah. embarrassing, but ultimately yeah. we all do it. It should be the thing that we really understand what is the normal human and, and Dr. Barry, Ken Barry, amazing. What is the yeah. optimal human diet? And uh, it, it's, I I think like you, it's carnivore, but 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 I don't know that we really know what we ate ten thousand, hundred thousand years ago. And right. and uh, what are your thoughts on that and our optimal human diet? Yeah, I I really do think that. I mean, it makes complete sense to me that here we have these plants that are being eaten, and they are creating. You know, they they do not want to be eaten. So they are creating these chemicals to give off, so to protect themselves. I mean, just like we evolved, these these plants are evolving. Uh, I mean, you can compare like even there's pictures of like a banana today as compared to what it looked like years ago. I mean, where these things have not only have made modifications in themselves, but also um, you know how how we're uh, producing them. Uh, is very, very different in the terms of the environment, uh, whether they are genetically modified or not, um, all of those things. So yeah, I think by taking them out, um, meat is by far the most nutrient dense food. Um, you know, organ meats, it's, it just makes sense to me. Um, do I, you know, were we getting butcher box delivered to us years ago? <laughs> Absolutely not. So when people say, oh yeah, like I, you know, I'm just like our, our ancestors. I have to, I have to laugh based on the availability of things today and, and how we actually get access to these things. We're definitely not hunting them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I believe that when it comes down to it, that meat is by far the most nutrient dense and, you know, keep it simple. Like there shouldn't be an ingredient list. It should just be the food itself. Uh, and like I said, even with plants, these things have been modified. So, so drastically. And, and you said that plants don't want to be eaten. And uh, Kevin Stock is really great. He's a dentist uh, on meat yes. health and uh, learned a lot from him. Dr. Steve Gundry on lectins. Uh, yeah. um, uh, there's some others uh, that my brain's not thinking about right now, but it, it, it's that the plants contain a tremendous amount of toxins in order mm -hmm. to uh, work on an offensive and defensive level to, to thrive and survive and, and to cull the herbivores uh, in, 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 their, in their natural environment. You know, so you mentioned about uh, GMOs and, and genetic modification and the food that we're eating today, the agriculture, is not what it was when we hunted and gathered, right? So right. We're, 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 did, did we eat grass and grains 50,000 years ago? No. We didn't, right? Mm-mm. And so we came out of an, uh, a, a, an organism, whatever our evolution was, that probably ate heavy on the meats and organs. And I know you particularly like raw. And, yes. and so we probably ate a lot of raw stuff way back when. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your raw habits yeah, and recommendations. So 
Yeah, no, I, I know. I don't, it's not something I necessarily promote. You know, you do not have to eat raw carnivore. Uh, it's just something that I particularly like. It's so funny because uh, today is actually National Pasta Day. And um, so I, I was, you know, thinking, hmm, like what is probably most representative of pasta in like a carnivore setting? Uh, and so I actually made tripe last night. Um, I sliced it, you know, thin and, uh, and boiled tripe. And even that, you know, boiling it, I was like, oh God, this is, it's, it, I don't really have the patience for cooking. Um, so that's part of it. But the other part of it is just my body is craving more raw food. I mean, hmm. cooking it, particularly liver, a lot of people have problems with liver. Uh, and I think that it really provides this metallic taste because you're, when you're heating the minerals, um, I think it personally tastes better when it's raw. So, uh, yeah, it, it comes down really for me down to taste, down to texture. The texture changes pretty dramatically with a lot of these organs when they are cooked. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it can be dependent on the temperature as well. So here I am in San Diego, uh, 75 year round. So getting a lot of sun and at the end of the day, you know, I'm feeling like having something that's more cool or, or colder from right from the refrigerator uh, versus something that's cooked. So I think all those things play a role, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, Maybe it's just me. <laughs> One way to do it. Um, I'm really grateful to you being on with us, Austin Cavelli, Cavelli Quality Carnivore, uh, on YouTube and Facebook today. Uh, we're going to be answering some questions. So please, your questions regarding uh, inflammation and carnivore, keto, uh, health and wellness on the fertility side is where my focus is. But I believe that if you're if you're infertile. And yet you're otherwise healthy, you actually have a disorder of inflammation, which is causing you to be infertile. And ultimately, it's the most important thing of the universe. So let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Sharmistra uh, Berman has a question. What is, sub what is the substitute for those that don't eat beef? Who don't eat beef. Um, honestly, so carnivore has, um, it's kind of evolved. I've noticed probably over the past year, in year, year and a half, that there is, um, and I think it's largely due to um, Jordan Peterson, Michaela Peterson, that they, they focus on this beef water salt, which I know, Dr. Kiltz, you are currently in the, prog in, uh, uh, the process of experimenting with. But um, yeah, you don't necessarily have to just do beef. Ruminant animals, um, that being said, ruminant animals uh, are, are better digesting their, the plants that they're eating, the grass that they're eating. So for that reason, people do best usually on beef and um, lamb. Uh, goat is another one. Uh, chicken and pork. The concern is that if you are trying to bring down inflammation, these animals actually still need to eat grains. They cannot just live off of a grass-fed uh, diet, so they do have to um, continue to eat grains, and therefore you think of it in the sense that what they're eating, you're eating. So particularly people with autoimmune conditions, you know, I'll limit uh, the amounts of chicken or pork for that reason, if we really mm -hmm. want to do a true elimination diet. But 
carnivore in general um, is all animals are fair game and it's really just a matter of finding what works best for you. Some people do better with higher amounts of seafood, for example, if they have, um, if they're struggling with their thyroid, um, seafood is, is beneficial to them. They feel better with seafood versus others who, who don't find that seafood is as satiating. So there's uh, a bunch of different ways to approach it, but starting with all animals, that's completely carnivore. That's completely fair game. Yeah. So I, I do beef mostly. I do, um, I do uh, some chicken, duck, uh, oysters, lobster. Um, yeah. I don't eat much fish. Uh, but it's preference of, uh, and I love, I mean, the ribeye is like my go-to uh, for yes. sure. Um, I'll take the, the bone in ribeye, correct? The bone in ribeye is the very best in, in my Smart opinion. <laughs> I think liver is really critical. Organ meats are critical, uh, but they're not, you know, you can do some supplements, but really if you're eating a carnivore diet and not eating all the plants, the plants chelate the minerals and vitamins from our body. They destroy the glycocalyx, which is really critical, uh, the Teflon shield of our body. Um, and we seep out all, all of this stuff for, you know, it's a really, I think, a big issue in all of this. So what, what, are, the, what are the leading immune, um, um, I call them immunologic disorders, not autoimmune disorders, in my opinion, because there are certain particles that cause inflammation that happen to cause it in certain organs we espouse it to be an organ autoimmune problem, but our body doesn't actually attack our body. It's trying to remove the foreign particles that are in our body, either chemicals or antigens. But uh, what are the most common immunologic disorders you see in your practice and how do you treat those best? Uh, yeah, so the most common I would actually say is um, thyroid thyroid disease. Um, Hashimoto's is, is pretty prominent. Um, other ones would be uh, arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and then the other would be really skin or related to skin where people are dealing with whether it's psoriatic arthritis or even things like um, uh, eczema, mm -hmm. um, very, yeah. very common very common. Um, so yeah, those I, I think would be the most, most common. Um, in addition to that would be your digestive, um, concerns as far as, um, uh, whether it's irritable bowel, Crohn's, um, ulcerative colitis. So those are, those are the top ones I'd say. And so when you're counseling someone who's like I'm Italian upbringing <laughs> and I'm, I love to cook Italian. I of Mexican, didn't Chinese, didn't matter. Growing up in LA, I did all of that. And uh, again, it's that 10 years ago, um, I, I switched completely, went to that one meal, mostly carnivore. Again, it's mostly steak, uh, but, but, you know, occasionally once in a while, but I'm on that 30 days of uh, 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 salt, water and steak. Uh, because I, and I, I did a TEDx talk a few years ago called the Lion King plan. And my theory is oh, we yeah. are lions, steak is it. Uh, but, you know, we're, we love variety. We love spice. But variety mm -hmm. and spice I'm finding is more deadly for so many. So I come to you and I'm that, I got my, I got my bowel, my eczema, my arthritis, my bowel bleeding, my migraines. Um, OCD and all those things, which maybe it's good for me, by the way, 
not so bad. Uh, how would you approach me in 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 uh, your your uh, dietary consulting uh, work? Yeah. So it's it's really kind of finding where where the person is at. Um, the fact that they are coming to me is is a great sign just to begin with because you never want to push this on anyone. It's not if you. I mean, even if you did, like it may they may uh, follow it for a couple of weeks or months or, you know, whatnot, but then they fall off the wagon, so to speak. Um, so yeah, pushing it is, is really not the best approach. I think leading by example and sharing our stories like we're doing is, is very helpful. Um, but it's getting a full, a thorough medical history. You know, they want to make a change. They, they don't want to feel this way anymore. Um, getting a full medical history and then also seeing where they're at in the sense of um, these lifestyle changes. So many times they will tell me, um, you know, I'm ready to go. Kind of this all or nothing uh, type A personality, which is great. Um, but I do want to make sure that it is going to be long term, that it is going to be sustainable because, you know, these are conditions that aren't just going to go away with six weeks of a perfect diet. So making sure that they have that support um, to, to make this transition. Uh, some people, they can just like you kind of throw it in and, and go for it. And it's, they'll never look back because they realize how much better they feel. Um, but other people that restriction, um, they, these are the people that I like to call moderators, that restriction, even just that mindset of restriction, um, it, it makes it so that they, it, it isn't long-term for them. They just can't mm -hmm. wrap their head around it and they can't sustain it. So um, by making sure that they are, you know, comfortable with the steps that we're taking, even if that does have to be transitional in that, okay, non-negotiables, first and foremost, the seed, vegetable oils, sugar, um, and the grains will start there. And then slowly transition, okay, we don't, you know, these are the reasons that we don't want this vegetable, um, then it's it's more approachable. Um, mm -hmm. They have the transition for those things, like um, in the keto space, for example, there's the keto treats, there's the fat bombs. Um, and so if that, if that is the way that they would prefer to go, do I think they'll benefit or they'll see, um, you know, better results? Uh, a little bit more quickly with with carnivore and eliminating these things altogether. Yes, but uh, again, we have to we have to get there um, kind of slowly if they're they're more moderators because the the mindset that is something I do focus on in my interview is is mindset. Uh, the body and the mind have to be well aligned. You, you can just focus on diet alone, and um, like I said, it it won't be sustainable if. Um, they're, they're not in balance with that. Are we eating to live or living to eat? Yeah. And I think we're in a world of constant dopamine, uh, uh, in, you know, getting that dopamine drive mm -hmm. and, and always uh, kind of that party of life and, and going out there and just being part of it rather than, uh, I, as you said, it's a mind game. And right. I, I think the way I learned it was first to read and listen and learn from so many. Jimmy Moore, uh, I read Gary Tobbs, Good Calories, Bad Calories. And then I went and dug to, through everything because I wanted to understand the why. And I think you've used the why part of it. 
uh, in in this. I, I listened to your interview with with uh, Judy Cho, yes. and uh, and and I did an interview with her a few months ago, and um, her stuff on carnivore. You have to read her book. Uh, really good. It it's it's that mindfulness, and then the why am I doing this? What's what's the reason that I'm doing this? And understand that why, but by learning from yourself and Jimmy Moore and and so many in this space, it's really interesting. Now, there's a quest, couple questions here. Yeah. Uh, we got can't uh, let's see here. Oh, Ashley Nostrant, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on doing keto during pregnancy? How would someone get all the nutrients needed if they if they want to do keto? What do you? Yeah, I know keto during pregnancy. Absolutely. I mean, carnivore during pregnancy. Absolutely. Um, that is where you're getting your nutrients. Uh, it it is this uh, we have been taught that nutrients come from vitamins and minerals come from plants. Um, and if you were to, there's an excellent graphic, uh, I believe it's on, I know Marie Emmerich has used it in the past and Judy Cho as well. Um, and uh, it is comparing plants as far as their vitamin and mineral content as compared to beef. And it's, I mean, there's just no comparison. Um, it's also when Kilts is Keto Lifestyle for Fertility, by the way, <laughs> uh, which is our newer version. But we have that that in here that you're right. It's yeah. majority is from from the, the meat we eat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even just including like an ounce or two of, of organ meats. Um, I mean, if you like organ liver, beef liver is the most nutrient dense food on the planet per calorie. Like there's no arguing it. Um, so as far as making sure that you're getting your nutrients, that would not be a concern, uh, during pregnancy or just in general. So I talk a lot about fasting is like one of the most yeah. important and powerful things you can do. That's why I recommend one meal a day. The more you fill the belly with food, you have constant secretion of amino acids and simple sugars into the liver. Fat goes to the lymphatics. Our body must convert amino acids and simple sugars to fat or you die. Our real nutrient for the mitochondria is only fatty acids. And so fasting turns out to be the uh, best way. And many, many, many mammals actually fast for six to nine months during pregnancy. So I think that the uh, uh, hyperemesis of pregnancy, nausea and vomiting early on, is your body saying don't eat. And that's why we get fat because fat is the only fuel for your fetus. And it's never, it's your amino acids are not the fuel for the fetus. You need some amino acids in order to make mm -hmm. some of the post-translational modifications uh, of, of, the, of the hormones and things which require amino acids. But sugar is only used for glycosylation, which is kind of interesting. So I agree with you. If yeah. fasting... And keto, I'd say carnivore is the best. But if you're not a carnivore, this is where the concept of keto is, is amazing. And if you're miscarrying or infertile and you get pregnant on keto, stay it through pregnancy. And my bias is keto for life. And yeah. we use the word keto or carnivore, which is kind of a conundrum because there's probably so many people's ideas out there on what keto is. So it's finding... Yeah. The one that works for you, I guess, if you're having no more problems and you're happy, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Would you say? I, I would I would agree. 
my theory is that vegetables, plants, seeds, nuts, all cause cancer. Um, and the problem is it's hard to believe because as you and I talked earlier, the healthiest diet we're all taught to eat is a plant-based diet, limited mm. meat, no red meat, and certainly fat is not good for us, which is a lie, yes. as Dr. Barry would say, uh, yes. lies I, uh, I was taught as a doctor or, or medical. Oh, you know, even the concepts around salt, I mean... So many things, like even, you know, if you're, if you're not even thinking of, oh, the extreme of cancer, um, you know, blood pressure, that is much, you know, a very common issue. We're told stay away from salt, stay away from salt. I mean, that's one of the first things, oh, well, I'm going to retain fluid and I'm going to have high blood pressure because I'm eating all this salt. And I said, no, you're actually, you can eat more salt. Like, please eat more salt. <laughs> we're, we're, we're made of salt water and, and, and that's critical we're, and we're drinking too much water, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, and it, a lot of, I see that in clients. It's a lot of times out of habit. That's the first question I ask is, are you drinking because you're actually thirsty? Or is it because you just have a bottle of water next to you all day? And it's nine times out of 10 is because it's just there. And so I drink it. So <laughs> everyone needs a coach and a cheerleader. That's really where you come in in order to help people learn about the keto concept or health and wellness living carnivore is one option but because we need someone to listen and learn from where can people find you on the internet so yes. they can get you as a coach always yes so i am on um, facebook i am on instagram but in to uh, make an appointment Honestly, the best way, the easiest way, quickest way is going to be on my website at qualitycarnivore.com. There's a button right up at the top of the website that says book an appointment and I will get on a free call with you and we will discuss, you know, what your goals are, what you're looking for and make sure that it's a good fit. I, you know, 100% want to make sure that I can help you. Um, expectations, you know, are being set early on. Uh, and so we'll go through that, just uh, what your goals are, and I'll make sure that I can deliver. <laughs> uh, which, how do you care for the vegans, vegetarians of the world that want to maintain that diet? Are you able um, to help them? Or do you refer yeah, them? Yeah, so I, that's the thing. I think, um, you know, I'm not going to be, do I, would, is that my recommendation? No. Um, but as far as it doing it in a, in a way that is going to promote um, more, uh, you know, getting away from the processed foods, for example, getting away from the soy, one of the biggest phytoestrogens is soy. And they're, you know, the, the, the products that are being pushed um, are all soy based. And so even that it's, uh, it, a lot of it is is marketing and, and money, um, having these these companies just put money in their pockets because it's a shelf-stable product. But um, even that alone, talking about soy and estrogen dominance, I mean, I'm sure we could go on <laughs> with your field of expertise for sure. Well, I think we want to work on ways to encompass everyone in this journey. Um, our yeah. our pride of of lionesses and lions uh, are really critical that we support um, and find ways to help them, whether they're vegan, vegetarians, Mediterraneans, or carnivarians. 
that's that's really important. Uh, just a quick shout out. Uh, our, our new book with uh, Maria Emmerich, uh, The Fertile Feast Cookbook, excited about it. And uh, I think, uh, uh, Austin, we need to do the book on, uh, on carnivore. Yes, we are food. cooking it up right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, again, it's, it, it, we all are finding the, the thing that fits for us individually. And I think you called it a, a, a bio-individual what, yes. is, what is bioindividuality? Bioindividuality. Now, my, my theory that's a fancy way of saying that we are all unique. We're unique in our thoughts and beliefs, but when it comes to biology, we're all the same. Uh, that's again, I'm giving you my trickle down of the yeah, idea because no, no, no. when I look under a cell, uh, I know that cell is a human cell. Well, actually, don't even yeah. know it's always a human cell because they're cells and the cell is the yeah. most amazing amazing miracle unit of the universe and how we all got here i don't know someone does <laughs> uh, uh, but but it's it, we, we're all unique individuals yes. and that's how we want to sort of bring us all together but our concepts and ideas are are global ideas uh, inflammation is caused by some interaction of a foreign particle chemical yes. or excess carbohydrates and a low fat diet. And I think you, you nailed it on the head that we are, we are humans. And so the, the things that have made us unique in the sense of symptoms um, or problems that we're having that we've developed, these are actually a product of the chemicals, the things that are not biological, that are not what our cells have needed um, over time. So, you know, we've almost treated ourselves like machines um, and, you know, you you may give chemicals to, to make a machine properly work, but for humans, no, we have to go back to the, the bare minimum, you know, the, the main sources of nutrients for ourselves. Uh, we are not machines. So we, uh, those chemicals, unfortunately, have created uh, these diseases that we're facing or these symptoms that we're facing. And um, an elimination approach is really the best, the best. And 99% of the chemicals are actually made by the plants because they're the, the machine. Uh, that's where we get all of our medicines from initially for the yeah. last, you know, thousands of years. Uh, I call us the miracle machine. And I, in my TEDx talk, I compared the human to the Ferrari and the yes. uh, lion to the pig. And ultimately, uh, the function of all of these machines is similar. Uh, mm -hmm. And the energy that we create is ATP, and it's made from fatty acids, because without fat, we die. Um, and that's a really interesting comments that, that, uh, I think are, you know, what the, the, that's the another thing that I, um, that I also focus on is uh, many people, um, in this, with the increase in fat, they get very nervous, um, about their lab work and their cholesterol. And then the doctor is immediately wants to put them on a statin. So that is another service that I provide not only with recommendations of labs, but also the interpretation, because many people, they get these results. Their doctor says, whoa, your cholesterol is greatly increased. I said, what have you been doing? You need to stop it immediately. And their, their, their interpretation is based on these standard American diet reference ranges, which we cannot compare those numbers to. 
Um, so we have to be able to interpret them in the setting of a ketogenic diet and setting of a carnivore diet, what you're actually doing, um, that those numbers are not, your standard American ranges are not what you should be um, focused on. So uh, that is another thing that I do for clients. And usually, cool. you know, a minimum of, of at least every three months, uh, six months, I guess would be the minimum. Uh, so twice a year getting labs, I think is important. Yeah, so the the uh, I saw your great interview with Jimmy Moore, yeah. uh, and and uh, 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 let's see, uh, low carb keto La Vida, uh, living low carb, just really great stuff. And I learned a lot about him. I've got some of his stuff in my my book. Yeah, um, and and I you know I, I I talk about making ice cream by the way. Yes, and and, and so. I am personally biased that a little bit of sugar is okay because our body actual simple sugar is converted to fat quickly, which keeps our insulin levels low. Complex carbs take days to digest, which keeps our sugar high. So that's why the vegetables are actually deadly. If you cook them well and simplify them and add the fat and ice cream is that treat. And we all need to be treated because that's life. Rewards and treats are good. We don't want to be, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on spices? Because I grew up with garlic and onions mm -hmm. and peppers and salsa and yeah. all those things. What's your thoughts? My thoughts, I personally don't use them. I, I just use salt, um, but I do not have problems with them. I think even on a carnivore diet, if you are, um, again, it depends on the, on the person's history. Uh, for example, you know, um, uh, patients with autoimmune diseases, am I saying, well, go and eat as many nightshade, you know, spices as you want? <laughs> no, but um, I do think they create some variety for sure. I mean, lamb, having some garlic with lamb or um, rosemary on lamb, like it just, it provides that extra element. Um, if people do feel that they are, are restricting or restrictive in, in the sense of tastes, um, but I definitely focus obviously on quality. And so I think it's very important to always get organic, um, spices. I also think it's important if you can to get them. Um, there are some companies that do third party testing their, uh, lab testing, and that is to minimize, uh, heavy metals because these things can be, um, very significant mm -hmm. in spices if they are dried, you know, on the shelf spices. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, it depends on the person. I know it's not the answer that people like, but it depends on the person. And, um, if it is going to bring you some joy to your meals, then I have no problem with it. From time to time. And I know for this Italian, uh, uh that, that I loved all the spices, but I, when I eliminated them all, all the diseases went away. And now when I have a spice from time to time, I, I would have the prick pow sauce at lemongrass dip my steak in for like, a, I did it a couple of times and I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, Ooh, it was, it was like, yeah. and you know, I love spicy things, but I recognize that. And, and when you, it's your body as you're younger is more tolerable and able yes. to repair, but we're seeing more and more young people that are getting cancer and all sorts of immunologic disorders um, and infertility and PCOS and metabolic syndrome. Yeah. So, you know, my, my, it's you're giving a a lifestyle plan that is there to help people that are suffering 
Um, ultimately, we're all in control of what we put in the mind and the mouth and how we move our bodies. It's up to us individually to decide, I'm going to do this. If it works for me, great. If not, I got to keep moving and right. don't change. And I've always said that variety and spice is deadly because you can't have five boyfriends or five girlfriends at a time. Uh, you know, go to the amusement park every day. Ultimately, you will suffer. This is a temple. We must spend more time in the temple. And you can occasionally go to the the the, the carnivore or again go to the carnival carnivore carnival. <laughs> uh, uh, so you know, I think that's uh, that's really good. Let's see. Uh, should be uh, an organic grass fed meat. You, I think you mentioned that a well sourced yeah. uh, organic grass fed for meats local if you can, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, so there's a website, it's called eatwild.com. Um, and that will provide, I'm always supporting, you know, I think it's very important to support local. Um, and you'll also have a little bit more um, control in the sense of talking to these farmers and seeing, you know, what their actual practices are versus going to your, you know, large grocery stores. Um, so yeah, quality I think is always important. Organic, grass-fed, grass-finished, Grass-fed and grass-finished is really going to be beneficial in the sense of omega-3s. Um, you know, if these, uh, if the animals are grain-finished, um, the, the toxins from these grains are being deposited in the fat. So, um, you know, the having the grain-fed ribeye versus the grain-fed filet, I would go with the leaner cut and then add grass-fed butter or grass-fed fats. Um, you know, these are, these are all little nuances, but, uh, I do think they matter for sure. I think if you, you know, like you said, this is your temple and you should be putting in the best quality that you can. I mean, think about even just water. People will say, oh, fil filtration system or, you know, that in my home, that's expensive. And it's like, you are made up of, you know, <laughs> water. Like you're putting that into your body every single day. I would say that that was, that's worth it. <laughs> You're worth it because you're the most valuable, expensive entity of the universe. Absolutely. So take Health care of well. you first. Who's going to, right? That's right. Uh, one meal a day. Yes. What are your thoughts? I love one meal a day. I live on one meal a day. Um, occasionally, you know, if I'm hungry, I'll go to two meals a day. But no, I, I love one meal a day, um, not only for the simplicity, but uh, when you are eating a very nutrient-dense diet, your your hunger is very well controlled. You, you're not having those blood sugar spikes, uh, and uh, it's very satiating. Uh, it's it's a matter of finding out what at what time that one meal a day is for you, depending on your schedule, depending on you know what time you go to bed, uh, those types of things. But I I completely agree with you that fasting is. We are you know it's so funny in here um, in San Diego. I see people going to the beach and they have like massive coolers with them. And I'm thinking in my head, like, how long are you going to be here? Like, why is that necessary? Or we go to the airport and we have to, you know, just the availability of food, like it's okay to go without food. Our bodies are well equipped to handle it. Um, you know, should you go OMAD from the get-go? It, it, fasting is kind of like a muscle and that you do have to work up to it a little bit. Um, and especially if you have history of, you know, diabetes or, or, um, um, trouble managing blood glucose, you do want to make sure that that is something that is controlled. That is something is being, that is 
being monitored. Um, but I completely agree with you in that fasting is a very, very useful tool. Um, we are we are not supposed to be eating every hour of every day, even every couple hours. So, so the dangerous part is, is that if you're going to the market and buying all the stuff that's in the home that is available. So I say, take a roster of all the food in your cupboards, in the refrigerator, take pictures of them and recognize that if they're there, we're going to eat them because our brain doesn't know that there's food tomorrow. So it's going to do right. everything to get you eating those things today because it wants to make you fat so yeah. you can survive the famine. We have been taught that being fat is bad. In actuality, being fat causes no disease whatsoever. Being fat is the survival healthiest thing you can be. And the problem is, is what we fill the bucket with. If you fill it three to six times a day, it's always secreting all those things that you talk about, the toxins, but it's always secreting sugar into the bloodstream. That causes the damage. So that one right. meal or less is the very best, in my opinion, even no matter what you're eating. If yeah. you do that one thing, is it easy? Of course not. But anyone can do easy if yeah. you really care about you, right? And that's what you're bringing this story is. Yeah. Like it actually is, but you must say it first and do the work and never give up. That's right. really the critical part to this, right? It is. It's, it, it, if it were, I say that it is, um, the diet itself is simple. Um, but is it easy? No. And that is what I help to, you know, to bring to clients is to make it easier. But you still have to do the work. I either need a therapist or a coach, a cheerleader, <laughs> or someone I can talk to every day to take me down off the ledge, make me realize that I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but these are the things that it's this idea of, of um, we listen to the story that's been told over and over and over right. and over again. And we'd, physicians and physicians assistants and nutritionists and whoever you are in this world of what's healthy and well, right? Right. No, absolutely. And then a lot of it is, you know, change requires change. So it is, it's changing the mindset um, first and foremost, and then, you know, doing the hard work. Um, and also just uh, realizing that, yeah, like you, like you said, like you are your temple. You are the only, you are your only limit. So, you know, you really have to be on board. You have to do it for yourself, not for anybody else. Um, and and be consistent. Um, long-term, this is a long-term solution. Um, and it really, it really can change your life. You, you, once you realize what your new baseline is of, of how you feel every day, I, the work that I don't have to convince you of, you won't go back. We have so many, um, uh, women conceiving through keto, whatever, it doesn't matter the form of it, uh, one or two meals a day. Um, you know, it's been a miracle, amazing thing. And those diseases are going away. And I'm sure you have infinite number of stories in the same way. Um, and, and the stories really tell us the answer. And the problem is, is that in science and medicine, we're looking for the the prospect of randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies that aren't there. No. What, and what do you say to that? Well, where's the science? Where's the science? Yeah. Well, a lot. 
it's sad because a lot of the research is also funded by these large companies that are pushing other things. So, um, you know, yes, we want the science, uh, but anecdotal evidence is very, very powerful. Um, and we're seeing, you know, it, it has been this, uh, this not only, oh, well, the, the previous study said this, it's this fear of doing something that's out of the norm and out of what we've been told for so long. So a lot of that, the combination, I think, is, is what drives people away from it. Um, but I think anecdotal evidence, like I said, leading by example, is very, very powerful. Our healthcare world is very judgmental in a negative way to our patients. If they're not following directions, they're not making progress, it's their fault and they're not following our recommendations and they're often dismissed from our, our, our clinics, which I think is, is um, unconscionable and wrong and biased in too many negative ways. We can only help people if we become a member of their team. We're not above them, we're with them. And actually in some way, we're down here saying, here's some ideas. Um, you may not think they might work, but um, you know, it's, it's, you gotta start someplace, I Absolutely. imagine, right? Absolutely. Right? And yep. again, meet them where they're at. And then, um, then once they, once the momentum starts, I mean, they're in it, they're ready, they're there. And, and, you know, motivation is generally how, when people come to me, you know, they're like, oh, I'm ready to go, I'm motivated, but we can't depend on motivation to be 100% every day. It really is uh, a matter of having, like you said, that support, that cheerleader uh, and consistency over time is, is really what drives the success. I think that faith and listening and learning on a repetitive basis and, and, and just keep on working on whatever the mission is. Yeah. And the more you keep at it, um, you're going to have some faults and falls and missteps and you might find that isn't the right one. You're going to then find something else. So yeah. that's everything really cool. is a lesson learned. There Everything's a lesson bad, learned. It's a lesson learned. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about supplements and what are your recommendations regarding supplements? There's a question here, uh, supplements that we could take instead of eating liver or organs. And I know we yeah. have a liver supplement now, which we recommend. Uh, there's some, there's some ideas on, on frozen, um, uh, uh, organ, uh, mm -hmm. parts and yes. things like that. What are your thoughts? So my personal thoughts, I'm always about eating the whole, the whole food, the whole source. Um, and again, this just kind of goes back to the fact that we're, if we're eliminating processed things in, in the sense of our diet, as far as processed foods that, you know, similarly, all of these, these supplements are, are processed in a facility. Um, that being said, you know, it's a matter of risk versus benefit. So, um, if you are deficient in things, these are supplements and that they are providing, um, you know, a, a little boost. Uh, temporarily, do I think they, that people should be dependent on them? No. Um, but things, for example, like magnesium, even that is very depleted from our soil, just based on practices over years and years and years, I think everyone can use magnesium. Um, other things, you know, vitamin D, depending on where you're living, if you were to supplement with vitamin D during the, the winter months, not a bad idea. So it depends on what you're using it for. Should it completely substitute the natural source? No. 
So, you know, even with vitamin D, I'll say, well, let's incorporate more egg yolks. Let's incorporate, um, you know, more salmon, salmon roe. Uh, I always go to food first. And then from there, I would, um, you know, if, if it's not available or you actually, uh, there was, a, you know, something you were suffering from due to that deficiency, um, a supplement's not a bad idea. But the quicker you can get off that supplement, because there are other things in that supplement and it is processed. Um, I generally say, let's go for the whole food itself. And, and I agree with you hundred percent. You know, if we can do the whole food, that's going to be the best way. That's the way this body was built, right? Yeah. You even, know. I mean, you can supplement as much as you want, but are you absorbing it is really the question. I think the same, you're right. So you could take the supplements. They're going to help some uh, mm -hmm. more in some people over others, depending on the amount of inflammation. Right. And I think that's, that's really important, important thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, oh, we talked about one meal a day. Uh, what are thoughts and ideas that I haven't asked you that uh, you think are really important to share with the viewers today? Um, I really think, uh, I think we've, we've hit most of them just in the sense of doing this for yourself. Um, you know, recognizing that you are worth it. You are, um, uh, this is your temple. This is your body. Uh, I get a lot of questions about just even social situations. And I, I have to kind of, uh, you know, sit there and think like, but you're not doing this for anyone else. Like it should always be about like, it's okay to be selfish in this regard. Uh, your health is, is wealth. Uh, so I, I think really emphasizing the mindset, emphasizing your why is very, very important. And I do this with clients. Um, you know, they, they don't expect they want to, they want to hear about the macros and they want to hear about what they should eat, what they shouldn't eat. But uh, the mind is a huge part of it as well in your healing. Um, you know, whether you've been diagnosed with mental illness or not, the mindset is very, very powerful. So um, that is another thing that I focus on in addition to what you're coming to me for with symptoms, deficiencies, healing of mold toxicity, um, you know, any, you know, disease, you name it, but mindset, knowing your why, um, and, and being an advocate for your own health, you, you are the only person that is, is in control of that. So, um, taking that stand and uh, I think is very powerful. Well, Austin Cavelli, quality carnivore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for What's having a, me. Always a pleasure. So uh, I once know again, we could literally talk for hours on this stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> so where can people find you again? Uh, the yeah. So I'm on Instagram at quality carnivore. Also on Facebook. Um, I have a bunch of my interviews are also on those platforms, just in the sense of what you, you can listen more, see what I'm about. Um, if you want to book an appointment, go directly on my website, qualitycarnivore.com. Right at the top, you can book an appointment. We'll get on a call and make sure that we're a good fit. We'll discuss what your personal health goals are and how I can help you, whether that is, you know, signing up for a plan, getting lab work, um, being able to interpret previous labs that you've had done. So lots of services that I offer. Um, and it's all really, it's about you. It's about bringing you to a new level of health and uh, rebuilding your health. Uh, and that's what I'm here to do. I'm your cheerleader. I'm in it with you. And finding the right strategy for you, it, it is. It's very important. You're an individual. Well, great cheerleader. And Rachel, Jessica, Stephanie, Ashley, 
Uh, let's see, yeah. Yvette and Nora, Jennifer, Ashley, again, Allison. There's so many people. Thank you for joining oh, us. Check you. out thank Austin uh, on, on Quality Carnivore. We're so grateful again. Uh, check us out next week on mm -hmm. the Fertile Fireside Chat, 10 a.m. on Sunday and 11 o'clock, uh, Kiltz's uh, Keto Conversations. God bless everyone. Thanks yes, so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Kiltz. It's a pleasure. Pleasure, Austin. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkiltz.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day. Take care and see you next time.